0: Welcome to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank that brings you market views and insights on the go. Welcome to the podcast. I am DJ Cheong, investment strategist. And on this episode of the podcast, we'll be discussing the implications of the recent surge in US Treasury use on a number of asset classes. Joining me for this conversation today are Manpreet Yu, Head of Fixed Income, Currencies and Commodities, and Abhilash Narayan, Senior Investing Strategist. Abhilash, my first question is for you. The topic of the week has really been about the recent surge in news. In your view, are U.S. Treasury news attract a to riskier bonds? Uh,
1: thank you, DJ. And yes, I mean, we have seen 10-year uh, Treasury yields increase by nearly 0.4% since the start of the year, to about 1.3% right now uh, as markets have brought forward the expected expected end date of easy Fed policy amid improving growth and inflation expectations. However, in the recent FOMC meeting minutes, Fed officials reaffirmed their commitment to easy monetary policy and hence we believe that the Fed will aim to limit any significant rise in yields from here on. If we look at technical charts, 1.283 is a key resistance level which has been broken for now, but if yields fall below that, then they could very quickly move to the next support, which is around 1.18%. Now, overall, the rise in treasury yields due to improved growth prospects is actually supportive for our bullish view on corporate as well as emerging market bonds, and hence we continue to like developed market high-yield corporate bonds, emerging market dollar, and Asian dollar bonds. And the current weakness can actually be used as an opportunity to add
0: exposure to these areas. Thank you for your thoughts, Abilash. If I look at recent moves, they kind of remind me of what we saw in 2018, where higher yields started impacting U.S. equities. In your view, how should equity investors position for rising U.S. Treasury yields? Thanks, DJ. Now, if you look at the market performance, uh, the rise in 10-year
1: Treasury yields has fueled a strong performance of value-style stocks. If you look at what's happened in the past few days, the return in concerns about inflation has meant that the narrative has shifted from a reflationary environment where most stocks would benefit to a rotation narrative where we can see strong performance for selective areas. Additionally, if we look at the slowdown in market volumes, which indicates lack of fresh liquidity, uh, that would indicate that a rotation from growth into value stocks is becoming more likely. Thus, we believe that value sectors such as financials, materials, industrials, and energy are looking increasingly attractive. Now, of course, these are the sectors that suffered biggest decline in earnings in 2020, but we think are likely to deliver the biggest rebound in earnings in 2021.
0: Jumping over to you, Manpreet, do you think the dollar can benefit in an environment of rising USU?
2: Uh, Hi, TJ. Yes, that's very possible. I think uh, over the past few weeks, uh, one of our big focuses has been on the risk of a corrective uh, rebound higher in the U.S. dollar. and higher yield absolutely you know are one trigger that could could sort of help that process along the other of course is uh you know quite excessive or still excessive uh short positioning uh, in the dollar and i think it's important here to focus on uh, on the euro dollar pair in particular uh because one is of course since we treat it tends to be treated as the default you know anti-dollar uh, currency so to speak but it's also where the point of positioning is most extreme so we are looking for in the short term at least potential retest of the 1.195 level and if we do get a break of that maybe even going down to 1.189. I would emphasize though that this is a short-term view. Um I think long-term we still expect dollar weakness to resume. So within that corrective rebound are of course, uh, you know, quite normal. Um and I think, look, uh, the fact that, you know, we do expect the Fed to, um, you know, not l- allow for a runaway uh, rise in yields, particularly netto inflation terms, and we still have large deficits in the dollar. So we do think, you know, both of those come together to make the case for, uh, you know, USD weakness to resume, even if we get a corrective rebound in the short term. So going back to the Euro dollar, for example, I mean, we sort of set out those levels on the downside, but if we do see a break back up above 1.22, that could signal that the dollar weakness trend is resuming. Um, and of course, if we do see that process come along, it wouldn't be just about the, about the euro. Uh, we also think the pound sterling and the Aussie dollar who will be two other beneficiaries uh, of a resumption of dollar weakness.
0: Thanks, Manpreet. On this note, Go has also been struggling in recent days. Should investors start reducing exposure?
2: But I think it depends on your starting point. I mean, we have viewed uh, gold as a core holding uh, since the start of this year, and I think that's a view that that very much remains uh, valid. Uh, it, it's worth reminding ourselves at this point that we see bond yields uh, and the dollar, um, besides safe haven demand, of course, uh, as the key drivers of gold, uh, and that's where an environment of rising yields does make uh, make an environment much more difficult for gold uh, because as yields go up. Uh, whether in nominal or inflation adjusted terms that does raise the opportunity cost <clears throat> for um for gold uh which ultimately is an asset class that that doesn't offer a yield now we do expect a limit to that uh, if you know the again if the fed are sort of the rents are runaway rising yields uh but we do find it difficult to make a case that you know falling bond yields will be a drag of gold from here instead we'd go back to focusing on the resumption of long-term dollar weakness because we do think uh you know looking beyond any corrective bounce that could pick up the baton and drive further absolute gains in gold. Uh, But, of course, that, you know, may not be something that comes immediately, particularly as near-term technicals for gold do look a little bit weak. So I think where it sort of nets out is that looking beyond sort of any near-term weakness, I think gold does remain a a useful portfolio diversifier. Uh, So it's something we consider keeping an allocation, but it's worth having the conversation to see, you know, what's the right amount uh, for for each sort of investor uh, to the extent of what we view as a core holding.
0: Thank you Manpreet and Nabilaj for joining our conversation today. That is all the time we have for this episode of Standard Chartered Money Insights. If you would like to learn more or read our publications, please go to marketinsights at SC.com. As a reminder, if you have enjoyed our insights, please rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts from. Now for clients of Standard Chartered, you can check out the SC Private Banking app or reach out to your relationship manager if you would like a copy of our publications. Thanks for joining us and we will catch you next time on Standard Chartered Money Insights. Thank you for listening to Standard Chartered Money Insights, a podcast series by Standard Chartered Bank. For more details on the latest market insights, subscribe to Standard Chartered Money Insights.